0: Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who has homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a Savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hey everybody, this is Lisa Nearing with True North Homeschool Academy, and I am here today to talk to you about being a working homeschool mom in particular. Um, More and more people in the homeschool world are working outside jobs, either a side hustle or a full-time job, either inside or outside the home. Of course, last year really changed the world for a lot of people where they ended up being at home to work, and then many of them ended up adding homeschooling to the mix. So it was a crazy time of year, Um, and I know everybody in the homeschool marketplace really felt the effects of that, both in greater sales and more stress associated with people that were coming to them because they were just in in a place that they hadn't planned and prepared for. But many people are not going back. Um, they're not sending their kids back or they're not going back to the workplace as they knew it prior to last year. So there are more homeschool working moms than ever before. And I just before we get into some practical tips and tricks to help you as a working homeschool mom, I just want to um, congratulate you if you are a working homeschool mom, because it is a lot to juggle and you really are a Proverbs 31 woman. You're considering the marketplace, you're taking care of your home, you're probably getting up before (laughs) it's light out and you're taking care of things. So just be encouraged that you are doing good work and hard work and important work in the world. Homeschooling is a job. You don't hear that too much in the homeschool world, but let me tell you if you are a homeschooler, you know you have a job. You are intentionally parenting and educating your kids, and that takes a lot of intention and time and effort and probably some money as well. We say it's either time or money, right? Um, We're also managing a home. We're raising our kids. uh, We have paid work. Most of us are trying to stay married through all of this. And all of those things demand our time and attention. If you're clear about why you're doing what you're doing, it'll make it easier to do the hard work and slog through the tough season. I've worked personally 11 of the 30 years that we've homeschooled. And my why is this. It's pretty simple. I say this all the time over at True North Homeschool Academy. Um Education is the transmission of culture, and I want to ensure the kind of culture my kids are being exposed to when they're in our home. Of course, I can't ensure that once they leave the house or the decisions that they make as adult people that's on their on their shoulders and their responsibility. But while they're in my home, I want to ensure that the education is transmitting a culture of Christ to them, and so I'm not going to outsource that part of of my parenting Your why might be completely different than that that's totally fine. Um, but I do think if you're clear about your why, when the hard times come, which might be every single day if you're juggling all of this, it's easier to stay focused and stay true to what you're called to do. Um, as homeschool working moms, uh, we have a lot to juggle. Like I said, um, homeschool, housework, child work, spouse work, rethink assumptions all the time. We're always rethinking assumptions. We have to plan the routines. We have to really, we need to rethink money. Um, We need to rethink childcare, but we also need to be realistic and set boundaries. The whole thing about managing all of this is I want you to remember to put your oxygen mask on first. And we all know that that little adage that when you're in a plane and it's going down, make sure you put your oxygen mask on first before you help anybody else. Because if you can't breathe and you're drowning, you're not going to be any good to anybody else. And a really important piece of being a working homeschool mom is to make sure that you and your spouse are connected and that you're making that a top priority. Because if you are at odds with the other adult in your home, when you're both working, um, you're both managing all the things that go into being an adult, it's gonna be even harder. But if you know you have a team, you and him, him and you, it's gonna be easier because a cord of three strands is not easily torn apart. Ecclesiastes nine, two are better than one for they have a good return for their labor. When one falls down, there's someone there to pick them up. So make sure you're maintaining your social relationship. Um, And it can be really simple. For my husband and I, we get up early in the morning and just drink coffee, share music, chat. We pray together every single night. Um, Plan at regular events and trips together if you can afford it at all. And um, just don't neglect it. And it's really super easy to neglect each other because you're like, they're an adult. They've got this. And they're looking at you saying, you're an adult. You've got this. But being a team, you've got it better, baby. Don't neglect the team. Okay, first things first. Um, What things do you need to have happen so you have peace, grace, and mindfulness? You've really got to steward yourself. And that includes stewarding yourself from a spiritual, mental, social, and physical aspect. How do you take care of your spiritual life and growing and maintaining and knowing that you're connected to God and you're walking in his wake? and he's got your back, and you are following the leader. Um, Your mental health, how are you going to manage it all? Because it can be mental gymnastics some days. Um, There's been a couple days I just feel like if I go to the email and find one more complaint, I don't know if I can deal with it. That means I probably need a break. (laughs) And you know you have those markers too. So taking care of yourself mentally, giving yourself mental brain breaks, um, play perplexers, or read a good novel, or go outside, and walk every day, whatever it takes. Um, maintaining your social health and that can be tough in this world especially with this last crazy year but um, even if that means zoom meetings that's one of the reasons we started the moms membership over at true north school academy because we needed social time so we have three live events for moms every week on zoom we have a book club every monday night at seven we have parent equipping every thursday which is really practical, hands-on, applicable things that moms can take and apply regularly. And then we have a Saturday morning coffee and chat. I pose a question every Saturday and there's some of them are really deep and some of them are really silly and frivolous. And we always go way off track and laugh and have a really great time together. It's women from all over the country. So go check out our mom's membership. Um, We have a lot of fun in there, but if you're not able to have some kind of regular social life, that's not centered on Taking care of other people, I would encourage you to find something um, for your own mental health and peace of mind. Um, the first thing I want to encourage you to do as you're a working homeschool mom is take a searching and fearless scheduling inventory. Um, this is a mental health term, you know, take a searching and fearless inventory. Um, but I, I'm not kidding, take a searching and fearless scheduling inventory. What all do you schedule? And write it all down. Um, David Allen, the The guru behind getting things done is great at doing this, and it's really focusing on all the things you have to do to take care of yourself. Write down all the things you have to do to take care of the house. All the things you have to do to take care of work. Write down all the things you have to do to take care of homeschool. What do you have to do to take care of your marriage? And then what do you have to do to take care of church and community? Write it all down. Get it out of your head. Get a big piece of paper and just do a big Venn diagram or However you do it, if you're a flowchart girl, it doesn't matter, but just make sure you get it out of your head and write down all the nitty gritty details. Because if you have it all clear in front of you, you can manage it better than if it's jumbled up in your head and you're not sure what all is included. Um, and then after you do a searching and scheduling inventory, I want you to think about roles and responsibilities because they're different. And when we can get these two things clear, we can delegate with less guilt and with more clarity for the person we're giving a task to. So a role is the function assumed or part played by a person or a thing in a particular situation. But a responsibility is the thing that one is required to do as part of a job, a role, or a legal obligation. So for instance, in our home, my role is to take care of the food. And there's a lot that goes into taking care of the food. There's planning the food, prepping the food, buying or purchasing the food, serving the food, cleaning up the food, cleaning up the dishes, cleaning up the kitchen, taking out the trash, that all of that stuff goes into taking care of the food. Um, That's all part of the role. But each of the things I just mentioned are a responsibility. So it's very easy for me to offload a, a piece of my role If I have the responsibilities clearly defined, I can task my kids to say, hey, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, your job is to clean the kitchen thoroughly, or I want you to make the grocery list for the week, or I want you to clean up the kitchen, or say to my husband, I want you to cook pancakes on Sunday, or whatever it is. But be clear about the difference between roles and responsibilities. And again, that makes just offloading and outsourcing and delegating responsibilities just more straightforward, less guilt-inducing, and all all the things. Okay, let's move on to homeschooling. Um, Homeschooling is actually a job, as I said before. (laughs) Um, You you might hear that homeschooling is just, it doesn't have to be hard, and it doesn't have to be hard. It's not rocket science, Um, but there's a lot that goes into it, regardless of your pedagogy. You might be a classical educator or an unschooler, But if you are taking the education of your children seriously and you're not just neglecting your kids, there's things that go into homeschooling your kids. So you need to figure out what what academic classes they're going to do, what electives, what work, if they're going to do test prep, how you're really going to get these kids ready to launch as adult. Who's responsible? Who has what roles? Um, Is it you? Is it your spouse? Are you outsourcing? And right now, I just wrote an article on the blog over at Junior North Homeschool Academy. There's never been a better time to homeschool. There's opportunities for outsourcing everywhere, and a lot of them are free. But again, back to an adage that I have, you're going to either pay in time or money. And those of us who are working full-time know that sometimes it just makes more sense to purchase dinner than to go in the kitchen and make it. And um, it's, it's that balance of what do you need to get done and how are you going to make it happen? Um, so once you decided who is going to do the homeschooling and maybe it's a combination for many years, we've done a combination. We've utilized co-ops, class days, online education. My husband's taking classes. I've taken classes. And we've, of course, utilized True North Homeschool Academy because we have world class teachers there. So figure out um, the plan and who's going to do what and then who's going to choose the curriculum and order. I um, you know, this year it's it's a better time to order sooner than later because some places are running out already. Um, you want to plan plan the week, plan the months, plan the year, plan the summer, um, and then the regular routines of your day of your of your week of your month and of your year um, creating a liturgical year with good rhythms and balance is really helpful to everybody. Habits are so important for kids because then they know what to expect. Uh, we really liked having a morning basket um we did that for several years where we would gather in the morning and we would do the The Bible reading and devotions, um, church history together, um, Latin memory cards. Um, We would do history and and just things that we would gather together to do. I would would come up with some routines and habits that you are going to do with your homeschool. Um, Speaking of the power of habit, um, I just want to talk about like just the habit of simplicity in your home. We did have a house fire 12 years ago and threw out about 90% of what we owned. And the year we moved back into our house, we, we were outside of it for about nine months while we rebuilt. It wasn't a complete burn down, but we gutted it. And so while we were building the house back out to livable space, um, when we moved back in, we didn't own a lot. And honestly, that year was so easy to clean, to to organize, to manage, because we didn't have a lot of stuff. So if you feel like you're just flocking stuff around, trying to manage it, get get rid of some of it. I mean, we all have too much stuff. Now I look around, I'm like, oh yeah, we could get rid of half this stuff. Um, So declutter your living space because that will make the habits and the rhythm and routine of your life be simpler. You won't be stumbling over stuff. You won't be frustrated by the extra stuff. Um, Come up with some habits regarding shopping, food prep and planning. Uh, We've had this routine for shopping for years where we we make a list and we go and we have a certain day. We hit a book resale shop. We go to two or three stores and um, then we come home and once a month we order certain things online. Um, food prep, we don't do once a month cooking, although that, is, that can be a really helpful um, habit to do. And We have done that in the past for, honestly, breakfast, lunches, snacks, and even dinners. Um, And that can really save a lot of time and money. It might not always be practical or your family might not like it or you might have certain food allergies or sensitivities that make that difficult to do. So if so, just think about one or two things that you could plan and prep ahead. We like to make homemade meatballs and and sometimes we'll make just like, I mean, I don't know, 20 pounds of meatballs, which sounds kind of crazy, but then we can freeze them and have them for months and just go pull them out of the freezer and we can have one of our favorite meals is spaghetti squash and meatballs. Um, or meatball soup, and so it's a really easy, simple, um, quick dinner. Um, it's our fast food at home, and so we just we plan and prep a few things, not everything. Figure out work zones and times you're going to work. Um, who's going to work it there? With so many, who's going to work there and who's going to work here? With so many people working online and on Zoom, um, if you have an open floor plan like we do, that might be complicated. Some days we have four people on a computer in our house. And our first floor is a completely open floor plan. So we might have somebody downstairs, somebody on the main floor, somebody on the front porch, somebody upstairs, maybe two people in bedrooms with doors closed. But figure out the work zones and times and who's going to do what where, as well as your dedicated school times. I would also really encourage you as a working homeschool family to have a weekly family planning meeting. And you can start this even when your kids are really small. My husband and I are big big daytime people. Um, he likes Franklin Covey. I like bullet journals, but our kids have daytime from a young age. And that can be just a simple monthly calendar. It doesn't have to be really expensive or snazzy, but sit down together as a family and talk about what you're going to do when and where, and who's responsible for driving and dropping off and picking up. Um, this is going to teach your kids a lot of really um, important real life skills, like just critical thinking and the long view, and all those kind of things. Schedules throughout the week, who's driving again, who's dropping kids off, who's picking them up, schoolwork that's due, um, what's due for class day, what's due for online classes, activities and deadlines, any extracurriculars, work and family travel events, ministry. Um, one of the things I noticed when um, when my youngest son was in high school is we would sit down and do a weekly planning as a family, but then I would sit down once a week and help him plan his week, because he had things due throughout the week at different times with online classes and the academic co-op that we went to. He was also involved in church and karate and a number of other things. So he would block off an hour for karate, but what he wasn't taking into account is it was a half an hour drive there, a half an hour drive back. He needed to eat before he left or he'd get too hungry. He took a shower when he got back. So really what looked like in his mind as an hour activity or task, it was really going to be about two and a half or three hours. And he did that twice a week. So that was a big chunk of time. Church is the same thing. A lot of times we'll block off ten fifteen to eleven fifteen because that's the, the time of the service. But your kids need help planning in drive time. They need planning in what do you have to do to get ready time, all that kind of stuff. So when you do a family planning meeting, you can help your kids start thinking through some of those executive functioning skills and life planning skills, and then sit down with them once a week on their own and have a have a student planning meeting that's going to be really helpful to them too okay let's talk about outsourcing as a homeschool working family if you work full-time and homeschool one or more kids outsourcing some things is going to probably be inevitable Um, I would I would think you're going to want to really think closely about what can you outsource um, as far as housework goes what about school Um, Again, there's open courseware. There's a lot of self-paced classes that's completely free online. The thing I I don't really love about free stuff online and and self-paced things is that if there's no accountability or no uh, adult touch point, most kids have a hard time finishing self-paced programs. And so I would would recommend blended or live online over self-paced unless you have a motivated student to understands how to manage that. Childcare is really different than homeschooling, so don't confuse the two because homeschooling is is intentionally educating your kids while childcare is intentionally watching your kids. So homeschooling ramps it up a little bit. If you're paying for child care, you're not paying for someone to educate your kids. Um, and if you're working outside the home, you're gonna have to manage child care. And you're gonna wanna think about how you can outsource that if, if necessary. Food is an obvious thing to outsource. And then cleaning, organizing, and shopping. And sometimes some of these things are really, you can get a lot of value from outsourcing. Um, one of my daughters is so great at shopping for other people. Seriously, in 10 minutes, she can come up with 15 things for me to try on that actually fit. where I would spend two to three hours and come away with one thing that I tr- I cost big money for. You know what I mean? So find people who are really good at what they do. And you might have a lot of value added for purchasing that that thing. Cleaning, I don't hire cleaners on a regular basis, but um, occasionally for special occasions or whatever, I'll pay for people to come over and help me clean because sometimes it's just hard to get it all done, right? Okay, so let's talk about batching. Um, Batching is putting all like things together, like block scheduling. Um, Tim Ferriss does a great chapter of this on the four-hour work week. But I would batch how you schedule things. I would batch classes for your kids. Do a morning basket together because you're all gathering together. And in my experience, if you gather together as a family, first thing, you're going to have less arguments and, and problems later on throughout the day. Batch shopping and cooking. Batch cleaning. Batch your work. Try not to look at your phone calls and emails all day long, every day. Batch the phone calling. Batch the emailing. And get some apps to help you manage it if possible. Don't have the Facebook open with all the alerts dinging on you all all day long. You won't ever get anything done. Um, Batch upper-level high school classes and clubbing and then batch seasonal activities. So think about how you can batch things um, to get more done. Every interruption takes about 23 minutes to recalibrate from. So the more you can batch, the more effective you'll be. Okay, as you think about childcare, I want to circle back around childcare for a minute. You want to take into account the ages and stages of your kids. Younger kids need child care and, and have more physical needs, while older kids, they have the need to talk and work through things that they're thinking through and getting ready for launching. So um, I like musical memory kind of stuff like Cross7.org. You know that we use um, classical memory at True North, and Cross7.org is the program that we use. I love those kind of auditory programs because you can you can get more done at once than you think you can. You put on the your classical memory for the week while you're driving or um, while you're getting ready for dinner um, and you can batch things that way. And that's a great way to to make use of child care time, too, is that you could provide your child care provider with different programs and activities like Cross7.org. For older kids, you're going to have to help them really think about time management and their launching needs, including the ACT or SAT college and internships. I would really highly recommend the orienteering program at True North Homeschool Academy or another vocational exploration class because if your kid goes to college at this point without a clear plan, the chances are slimmer than not that they will graduate and if so they'll have more debt if they need to. So really try to think help them think around and through all that goes into um, launching before they leave the house. That's a job. (laughs) Okay, as you're homeschooling and working, keep in mind that you have 168 hours in play every week. Um, You might need to rethink your assumptions about time. Most of us are working 40 hours a week or more probably. Um, Most of us are homeschooling 20 hours a week or more probably. Most of us are sleeping 56 hours a week. Or less, I would assume. Um, honestly, I don't skip on sleep because if I skip on sleep, I can't do anything. I'm just a disaster, and I'm gr- grouchy and and worn out. And I need energy for what I'm doing in life, so sleep is really important to me. That leaves about 52 hours a week of quote unquote extra things to do: working out, reading. I mean, if you're in a professional job, you're reading and researching all the time for your job. But that's part of the extra thing. Um, taking care of your kids, just hanging out together. Um, any travel that you might do or whatever, but rethink your assumptions about your 168 hours because you have that gift every single week. How are you going to manage it and steward it? Um, But you might do things in non-traditional ways. Maybe you get up at five. I did a graduate program where we had five kids in the house and I was homeschooling. I would get up at five and I'm a speed reader. So I got a lot of reading done in a couple hours when my kids were asleep. Um, And that might just be something you need to do or you know, do school on the weekends. There's no reason why you have to do school from nine to three. You can do school from one to to seven um, or whatever is going to work for your family, but rethink your assumptions about time. And then I want you to rethink your assumptions about money as well. Time is money, so be intentional. Don't overlook the fact that you can pay your kids to do things that you need to get done. Um, I often pay my kids for jobs in the house because it's, we live on an acreage. I work, uh, my hu- husband works. I need help with my actual job. I need help running the house. And so I pay them to do those kind of tasks um, because if I'm not paying them, I'm paying somebody else, right? I've also paid local homeschoolers to come and help do odd jobs and cleaning this thing for not planning. You're going to probably spend more money. Every dollar has a job and every minute has a job. So how are you going to steward your time and your money? And then the rhythms of your family and home can really help you get more done with less time, and it can help you really understand and value and enjoy the time that you're spending. For instance, just eating out, this is an easy default if we're working in homeschooling. It, are you outsourcing deliberately or are you purchasing takeout because you've lacked in your planning? And I, there's no judgment there. We've all done both, Right. But I'm just saying, if you know that you're going to outsource a meal a week, you'll, you're will you going to enjoy it probably more than if you just go buy some junk food a couple times a week and it's going to cost more than you plan for. You're going to feel guilty and not enjoy it as much as if you could go get a decent dinner. So um, time is money and think about how you're going to steward that because it's going to bring more enjoyment to your life and and probably more resources as well. I like everybody needs a budget. Their whole deal is every dollar has a purpose, and don't forget to budget fun money for vacations and breaks and stuff because you probably are going to need it. <laughs> okay, um, regardless of the ages and stages of your children's ages, really, I would like you to to learn how to master the art of the unapologetic no. You need to set clear boundaries. You need to understand what your why is so that you know that you're not called to do everything. It's not your job to do everything. It's not your season to do everything. You're called to do the thing that you're you're called to do. So get clear on that. Get clear on your why and what you're doing and then be clear that it's fine for you to say no. Because if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, you're not making space for the person who's supposed to be doing it. So be really clear about your intention and purpose and don't veer for it. Get, get that gazelle intensity that Dave Ramsey talks about. As far as your purpose. Uh, along with that, understand what your distractions are. Identify them. Is it Facebook? Is it Gmail? Is it, um, is it Boxer on your phone? Is it, is it Twitter? Whatever it is, it, it might not be social media. Um, identify your distractions, manage them. And the best way to do that is keep your goals in mind. You need to set boundaries with your own self. And um, that means doing the things you want to do and not doing the things you don't want to do. Um, I like the 15 minute rule. It's a really handy tool. You can do about anything for 15 minutes. There's almost no job that is too nasty that you can't handle it for 15 minutes. And I think that that is a really great um, thing to think about. I know when I, I have those days where I'm just like, Oh, I've got too much to do. What do I do first? It all seems overwhelming. And I know if I just set a timer for 15 minutes, I'm like, I'm going to really dig into this for 15 minutes, get hyper-focused, I can knock a lot of stuff out. And once you have that success of a 15-minute win, it's easier to go on to the next 15-minute win. So when all else fails, set a timer for 15 minutes, get hyper-focused, and knock out something that you want to get done. Along the same lines is the 1% rule, and you can improve daily, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually by just 1% a day. It's not rocket science. It's not too hard. It's just a 1% a day. So if you want to physically improve instead of walking, you know, like down the end of your driveway, go down to the end of your driveway and then an extra 10 feet only has to be 1% a day. Same for reading. If you want to get more things read, um, all you have to do is read those extra pages, just 1% a day. Okay. So the 1% rule is a really handy tip. One of the most important things I think we all need to really think about is working homeschool moms, because we look at the people who are working full-time and we go, gosh, that would be easier. And we look at the people who are just homeschooling full-time and we go, gosh, that would be easier. And maybe, maybe it would be. But one of the things we need to practice is not comparing. We need to practice swimming in our own lane, because one of the things I know, I homeschooled uh, for twenty years, I had five kids at home, and my kids had my undivided time and attention for those twenty years. But one thing with my younger kids since I've been working for the last eight or nine years is that they're very much self sufficient they take initiative all on their own, they do hard things without my asking they have they have set goals and things mainly I think because they've seen me set goals and and attain them, and they have seen what it takes to to manage in life and so I think if if we think somebody else has it easier, we're probably wrong for one. And for another, we're not paying attention to the life God gave us. So most of us are not working in homeschooling because we just didn't have enough to do when we decided that I'm going to go just get a job or I'm just going to go homeschool my kids while I have this job already. We're working in homeschooling because circumstances, for whatever reason, have taken us to that point where we feel like we need to work and homeschool. And that's an intentional choice we've made. So my counsel to you is embrace the choice you've made and realize that it's hard because you're working and homeschooling. So you have two distinct full-time jobs right there, not to mention the other things that you do, but you are bringing great value and benefit to your family. And you are probably not seeing the rewards and the benefits that your kids are learning from you as you do this hard thing. So stay the course. You're showing a lot of perseverance and resilience and grit. You all know one of my favorite books is Grit by Angela Duckworth. So I applaud you, working homeschool mom. But as you're homeschooling and working, give up that comparison thing. Swim in your own lane. You have your stuff. You have your challenges. You have your hardships. And you also have your great gifts and talents and skills and abilities. So embrace those. We're almost done, but I just want to say there's a few things as a working homeschool mom, I want you to really think about giving up. I want you to think about giving up the fact that you can't get it all done. You can only get done what you can get done. Give up perfection. Embrace the fact that normal and regular is just fine. Give up not delegating. You need to delegate if you're working in homeschooling. Give up spending too much time, energy, and money. Setup is key. You are probably spending too much time, energy, and money because of lack of planning. Not always, but but a lot of the time. So give up not planning. Um, Give up spending too little money and time on necessities. A lot of us can be really penny wise and pound foolish. Sometimes it's to our benefit to spend money. And we all know if we're working in homeschooling, a lot of times you have to spend money to make money, right? So give up spending too little on things that you need to manage. Give up guilt. You can't get it all done. It's not going to be perfect. Just put it it aside. Get Give up getting everything done. You're only going to get done what you're going to get done. And everything is seasonal. Some seasons you'll get more done in one area and some in another. But I also want you to give up skimping on sleep and healthy food because that's just going to wear you out and take you down. And you're not going to get done the things that you need to get done in life. I want you to give up proving you're Wonder Woman. You are not. Um, You're you. And that's beautiful and fantastic. And God has a perfect plan for your life. But I don't think that he's called to be Wonder Woman. Give up comparing with other people. And then lastly, and this is harder for some of us than others, we have to give up the ideal versus the reality. We have this life, this husband, this spouse, these kids, this this home. And so a lot of times that means giving up what we'd hoped for because we have an asynchronous learner or a gifted learner or a disabled learner or a dyslexic learner or a job that we don't really love or a struggle in our marriage. But we have to give up the ideal so that we can embrace the reality. Again, I just want to reiterate, it's going to be so much easier to homeschool and um, work if you're clear, really clear about why you're doing it and have that gazelle intensity and focus. Set boundaries for work, set boundaries for family and set boundaries for yourself. It's okay to say no. And it's also okay to say yes. Um, if you're really clear about what you're doing and why you're doing it, sometimes there's a big, huge, yes, you get to just embrace. And that's pretty darn cool, too. Um, so if you guys um, that are homeschooling and working, I would love to hear from you. What are your best tips and tricks for working and homeschooling? How are you managing it all? What are you giving up? What are you embracing? You all know that I love Ecclesiastes 4.9. Two are better than one for they have a good return for their labor. And I would just encourage you as you homeschool and work, find a tribe of people to homeschool with. There's a lot of us that are working in homeschooling right now, and we totally get it. At the True North Homeschool Academy Moms Membership, we have a group of women who gather together. We have three live events a week. We have a book club, a parent equipping club, and a coffee and chat. Many of us are working while we homeschool, and we get each other. We're there for each other, and it's a great group of people, a great group of women to laugh and pray with. And um, others who will have your back. Again, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. Thanks for joining me today to talk about working and homeschooling. We're so honored that you're listening and that you share this podcast, Life Skills 101, with your friends and family. Every time you share the show and post about it, it really makes our day. Make sure you subscribe and download this podcast so that you never miss an episode. You can subscribe so that you get alerted to each and every show. Leave a review for this podcast, Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. We're so honored that you're listening. Until next time, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. We'll talk to you soon.